Okay. Yeah. And, and, well, I was going to say, and for anybody, I, I have not done, I don't think, any specific shows on that. But for any, I mean, look, John Brennan, a former head of the CIA, is on record on video talking about geoengineering and all this stuff. China admits they cloud seed. We're even admitting it now. For So for anyone who's still left saying the chemtrails aren't real and the cloud seeding isn't real and the geoengineering and all this is conspiracy theory, the guys at the top of the food chain admit they're doing it. Bill Gates has talked about spraying aluminum into the air to block the sun from damaging the earth. Yeah. I mean, they come right out in the open and they tell you what they're doing. It's not a conspiracy theory. They open. I have a homework assignment for somebody in your audience. Yes. Okay. Somebody in the audience that knows science. All right. Go pull up the global production of arsenic by year. <sighs> and ironically, it doubles in 2020 and 2021. I have no idea why. I've asked people to, to go figure it out. Nobody's come back to me yet. I would love to know what the what they did during a global pandemic, so to speak, <laughs> to use a doubling of arsenic. I'd love to know. I, I don't know. I don't profess to know. I don't want to speculate. I have no clue. I would love to know. I think deep in your heart, you know. <laughs> I have an idea. I have hunches yeah. of, of what it possibly could be used for. But I would love to know where that double it literally doubled from 2019 to 2020. It was flat for like a mm. decade, the same amount every year up to 2020, and then it doubled overnight. Right. So, where's it and going? It, it, what industry is using it? Where is it being stockpiled? I mean, if anyone has any real evidence of this, you know, what's it being used for? As I've said to folks on the show all the time, you could take a vial of, uh, Moderna, a vial of Johnson Johnson, a vial of uh, any of these different, the nine or ten different vaccines that were released around the world. And just because it has a set of ingredients that comes printed in the box, to me, that doesn't mean anything. Like when I go in a grocery store and I pick up a box of cereal, I don't necessarily believe the ingredients listed on there are even the ingredients. Why? Because the government told them they have to list the ingredients on the side of a box. I'm supposed to believe those are the real ingredients. Who the hell knows what's inside any of this stuff anymore? I don't trust yeah. anything. Um, that's why part of my thing, I've been talking about it, and I mentioned you you said it to me yesterday. I brought it up being self-sufficient. I mean, the more you grow in your own yard, and uh, next year, this, this spring, I'm going to look at doing some greenhouses to at least start to protect from whatever they're spraying up in the sky. You hate to sound right. crazy, but I, I tell people, you can go have a homestead, uh, learn permaculture, build the whole thing. At the end of the day, they can spray the, the air and just kill all of your vegetables anyway. I mean, that stuff right. can come. So you have to start thinking ahead about that as well, you know? Yep. Okay, so back to this uh, this document, uh, reading the highlighted parts here. The most comp... And for the folks that are actually watching, um, you see I alternate colors, green and red. Red is typically uh, more important than green. But in some documents, it's just basically the color background of the document. I use green or red or yellow or blue to, so you can actually see it. Okay, so this is this is in red. The most comprehensive analysis to date on the economic implications of nature conservation found that the benefits of protecting 30% of the planet would outweigh the cost by a ratio of 5 to 1. A recent McKinsey study... And McKinsey is a uh, is a big company. They're all over the UN documents and the World Economic Forum. So, you know, they're all in on it. They're not independent at all. 
found that protecting 30% of the planet's land and 30% of the planet's ocean would create up to 650,000 jobs. Now, think about that. That's globally, people. Let me whip out my calculator real quick. I, have an idea. I know. I was just started laughing to myself while uh, you read that. Okay. Yeah, and and, and, per, and per, protect, protecting the land, meaning hijacking it and roping it off with crime scene tape. Yeah. Will somehow create six hundred and fifty thousand jobs. It doesn't tell you about how many jobs it's gonna eliminate, though. They didn't put that in well, there. Well I'm I'm dividing sixty five six hundred and fifty thousand jobs into seven billion people. Okay, people, that is point zero 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 nine two eight five seven one. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Okay, and then it says, and support about 30 million jobs in ecotourism and sustainable fishing. Okay, well, let's, 30 million is a bigger number. Let's see what that turns out to be. Divided by 7 billion people, right? That would be 0.0009 that you found. 0.00428571143. So that's creating a lot of jobs. <laughs> Anyways, okay. It's going to create ecotourism. Always- when they throw out numbers, people, and they, 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 you have to do the math, the simple math, to intuitively understand, put it in, into context, so to speak. Just like we did with that graph that went back to 1750 on CO2 emissions. I mean, the, the first Industrial Revolution wasn't, wasn't until 1900-something. What the heck? Carbon was emitted in 1750. Clearly, they, they put that graph there for optics. Right. Yeah, and then the other thing is, since you're using red, then you should have a deep red for extra important because the key word here in this sentence is could. 30% of the planet's ocean could that's, create that's up to 650,000 jobs, which you know what that means? That means Dustin was sitting in a room. He got tasked with writing this for McKinsey, and I go, hey, make up yeah, a guys. Number. Yeah, it, could we put in here that it could create uh, two bajillion jobs? And they go, yeah, throw that in there. What the hell? It could. It could possibly do that. And support. What does support about 30 million jobs mean? This shit is just made up. Like, there's no way anybody could have projected any of this. <laughs> no. Additional studies have shown that marine protected areas could improve <laughs> fisheries recreation, natural hazard protection. Uh, That was from some study in 2012, as well as food security. Food security. (laughs) So I don't understand how we have food insecurity from fish. Um, But I guess if they think that we've fished all the tuna on the planet, then there's no more tuna that's food insecurity. I don't know. Anyways, with the potential to restore fish populations by over 600%, with positive spillover effects on commercial fishing as well. Well, look, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that if they they take 30% of the ocean and don't allow anybody to fish in it, the fish populations are going to go up, not down. Yeah, definitely. I, and have you, let me just ask you, have you seen, uh, is there anything coming up in any of these documents that cross-reference with all of the new, like, lab-grown food and the late uh, 3D-printed food and all this other stuff that's uh, coming down the pike? Because this is obviously... All they really talk about is the, you know, they got to do get more regenerative farming, 
Uh, sus- they talk about, they use the word sustainable a lot, sustainable agriculture, but they don't go into details at the BIS level or the UN level on this stuff. Right. And I, I just think people have to understand because I've covered all the 3D printed stuff and the lab grown stuff. I mean, th- I mean, those markets are growing, you know, tremendously over the next few years. None of this is going to matter because the, the, the fresh, you know, bluefish that they're going to be or the tuna that they're going to be regenerating in the ocean there, that's not going to end up on your dinner plate because you're going to be getting 3D printed slop and cricket meat is what you're going to be eating. They're going to hijack all of the natural, we're talking about the food, the natural resources as far as food goes, and you're going to be getting from Amazon a pack of Impossible Burger. I mean, everything I've been reading, the direction they're moving in for the retail food industry is eventually the brick and mortar grocery stores are going to be gone like that those are written out over the next ten, i don't know they might be able to reach that by 2030 everything is going to move to an amazon based warehouse model where everything is delivered to you by instacart drivers or who knows by then it could be drones or autonomous vehicles and one of the reasons why they're going to get rid of all meat like steaks and everything is because they can't have you as a, a customer going hey i really like uh, my ribeyes to be a little fattier look for for a certain grain no the ribeye is going to be a 3d printed ribeye that just gets picked out of a basket by a robot in the warehouse and gets delivered to your door so part of the hijacking of all this is they're going to end up if they hijack 30 percent or 50 percent of all of the land and the natural resources then they're going to have the excuse to say hey guys we're saving the planet unfortunately you can't eat real fish anymore because all this is now protected conservation land that we control i'm not convinced they're going to force people to not eat real food i'm not convinced of that here's what i think well well, i don't think you're going to be able to get it at the the chain grocery stores like kroger for instance or a hole that may be true that may be 25 percent of uh, 25 stores here let's unpack a few things here first of all they're building vertical farm farming warehouses all over the country that's that's not just for fun. They're going to literally produce vertical farm produce, no sunlight, no soil. It's hydroponics. Go look it up. You can, you can, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff on the internet, right? And they're going to distribute those probably, like you said, Amazon driver style. Uh, skip, skip the middleman in the grocery store. Right. And, that's, and, that's, building... all, and that's all GMO food. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They won't tell you that. They all also have. RFID sensors on literally every head of lettuce so yes. they can track everything you eat. They there was one guy I saw this uh this little like interview with him and he was one of these scientists. He talked about tracking coffee beans even after they're brewed. <laughs> oh my god, I got to see that one. So, wow, that's it, it crazy. Interesting. Yeah, Christian over at uh, the Ice Age Farmer had that video like a year ago. It was really interesting. The three people interviewing this guy, the one one person goes, have you tested this on animals? They didn't ask, have you tested this on humans? Mm-hmm. And he goes, he, he started tap dancing so fast. Well, um, that's proprietary. And his head's rolling. Around, look, at, look at my head. He's like, he's all over the place. His eyes are all over the place. He's like, well, I, I'd have to get with legal. I don't know. We'd have to talk about maybe you sign an NDA, all this crap to answer the question if it's been tested on plant on, on animals. So wow. you've got that. They're building cricket factories 
all over the planet. Multi-billion dollar cricket factories. Not for fun. They're going to put crickets in the food. It may be using the Latin terms. I've seen that on the labels, so you won't know what the heck it is. To Dustin's point, uh, you can't trust the food supply in your grocery stores. You can't trust the food supply at many restaurants. But I, I'm not convinced they're going to force us to not eat local like produce or local food, local meat. I'm no, no, oh, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not saying that they're going to do it locally. I'm saying the safest bet people have is uh, like what I've been talking on the show is start to figure out how to grow your own, get to be friends with the local farmers, go to the farmers yeah. markets, get people's phone numbers, right. write them down in a notepad. Uh, like the lady farmer Carol we deal with, she knows 20 other farmers. She trades with people right. up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah, you have but to that's do that. That's the network that you have to get though, connected into. If you listen to a lot of these podcasters, they're like, oh, they're not going to let you eat meat. They're not going to let you eat uh, beef. I don't buy that. I think, though, what they will do. Well, they may make it harder to get it through a traditional grocery store. Harder to get with regulations. Harder to get because the price is going to be exorbitant. So people that don't have the income or the resources to buy it won't be able to buy it, right? Because it's too expensive. Or B, if they go to the carbon credit system, you're only allotted so many carbon credits and beef will have a big carbon you know, price, if you will. And right. so you have to somehow find a way to get more carbon credits to eat the steak. They're going to price most people out of eating beef. Right. Price you out of the system. It. Yeah. They'll price. That's just my opinion. They'll uh, force, they'll force it via or social engineer it basically based on, on inflation price. Oh no, you're that you're a hundred percent correct. I agree with that. Like, but one of the things is like, say the large grocery stores, all they have to do if we lived in this grocery model, they all these guys again. You send in the BlackRock, the Vanguard, the State Street. They control the grocery store. And the next thing you know, all the meat on that shelf is three D printed meat. Now. Someone who owns a local grocery store, because you'll hear somebody say, well, if they're going to get rid of brick and mortar and they're going to make it all Amazon model, that's a great opportunity for someone to open a local grocery store. Well, guess what? Whatever that grocer wants to sell on his shelves, he has to get through the distributors. If the distributors are all controlled by a BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, that guy isn't allowed to put anything on his shelf. So that's why the local farmers are the most important network that people can build now. That's why I keep saying congregate with like-minded folks. Start to build your own yeah. community i don't mean in your actual physical subdivision you live in if you live in the suburbs i'm saying the community of people that you're networked with yeah. you have to start to get to be friends because these are the local farmers you're going to be relying on who are going to have to go screw it guys we're going black market i mean I, i'm going to expand right. here and this is why community supported agriculture is so important because if you're uh, paying a weekly fee or a monthly fee to a farm like that, those farmers are willing to talk to you because you're basically helping support their living and they love to grow food and they love to raise cattle. Those are the people you have to be uh, uh, connected to. You can't rely on Whole Foods and you can't rely on uh, Kroger or on Publix to deliver you these fresh foods. The guys at the grocery store barely know what's going on. The department managers, they're just there collecting a, a paycheck. So that's why I think it's important because, again, like you're talking about with the crickets and everything, they use all the tricky words and the terms. Amazon's selling edible human cricket products right now. I found about 100 of them the other day. So this stuff obviously is being rolled out. Yeah, it is. Which is pretty good. I'll eat crickets. Screw it. <laughs>
<laughs> so I, I just want to oh, yeah. ask you before we run because you I've been talking about it. Uh, you've been talking about it. I've heard Mike Moore talking about it. I know Maria Albanese has been making moves the last year as well. A lot of friends of mine. You're big on this too. Know your local farmer. And you went out, secured yourself like an eighth of a cow. Uh, we have those type of farmers that do that here. I mean, you're actually walking the walk. Uh, and that's what I keep yeah. telling people. It's time. This spring is a great time to spring into action if you haven't done it already. I am rarely in a grocery store. And one of the things that Kelly and I want to do in 2023 is start making our own salad dressings. Um, because that's largely what I go to the grocery store for or bananas because we, we don't grow bananas in the Carolinas. Um, I get a, organic bananas to put into my smoothies um, or orange juice, which I you know, really can't make at home because we don't grow oranges in the local community either in the Carolinas. I'm not in Florida. So things like that we go to the grocery store for. Um, but we want to reduce even the um, – we buy organic salad dressings now because we eat a lot of salad. But mm. we want to start making our own, again, because we don't trust the, the, sor the sources even going into organic. You don't know could be an organic cricket who knows <laughs> right hey we didn't, we didn't spray that cricket with a pesticide so it's organic i know um, well that's that's the thing too i talked to local farmers about it even the term organic when you're dealing with you know mainstream grocery store organic they said it, it that definition could be bent in so many different ways because again the industry is actually writing the laws that create the definition and it's changing all the time and they said Pretty much all the organic brands, you're, yeah, and they said pretty much all the organic brands that you're seeing in a store, even organic bananas versus bananas, they're all owned by the same big food people. And so they said, it, it's it. There's no way you really even know. Now, you if you trust your local farmer, you know they could be growing Different. GMO food. They could be using pesticides. I mean, you have to trust them. This is the part about building a personal yep. relationship with these people. You know, just like yep. if you go to the same barber for 20 years, you trust that guy, right? That he's going to use a comb that he cleaned instead of one that came off some guy's head with danger. I mean, that's part of trust. But the grocery managers, I know a lot of them. They're all nice people. But at the end of the day, they don't know where this shit comes from. And it shows up in a truck in the back of the store. They unload it and put it on the shelf. That's it. Yeah. No, we get 90% of our food, I would say, from from local organic farmers at the farmer's market and ranchers. Yeah, and how long have you been going out of your way to do it, Jim? When did you guys start? Really started uh, going on three years ago. I mean, we were organic, but not mostly from the grocery store, you know, not the local farmers. Um, when I had my cholesterol diagnosed at 300 and had an oh crap moment i'm gonna die of a heart attack if i don't get this under control uh i went out to the farmer's market which i, I kind of loved anyways and i went to the regional one in the charlotte area which is a, a really big one I, I was always going to the little local ones like you know the little suburbs and stuff and they were mostly resellers they weren't farmers that actually stuck their hands in the dirt there were a few but they didn't have a lot of stuff so I went to this regional one to try it, and it was massive. And they had this giant bay of organic farmers from the from the mountains of the Carolinas. And it was unbelievable. The amount of produce was insane. But that's when I started, because I had to change my diet. I didn't go on a statin. I fixed my cholesterol, people, by the way, with a 
the guidance of a holistic cardiologist, not on my own, uh, with diet and supplements that my cardiologist put me on to mimic a statin, um, fixed it. And so that's that's what got us going on the on the on the farmers market and finding those farmers and, and the ranchers as well. And the food was so good. I mean, it's night and day. That's all. I don't know how oh. else to explain it. It's night and day. You can we tell were buying the difference. Organic. We were literally yeah. buying organic at the grocery store. It's night and day getting it straight from the farmer. For example, you go buy organic lettuce in the box at the grocery store, whether it's Organic Girl or you know the grocery store's brand or whatever. Right? Half the time, we open it the, the that day or the next day to make a salad. And we're throwing half of it out because it's already bad, even though the expiration date says a week down the road, right? It's wet. It's already you know starting to wilt, not just wilt, but starting to decay. It's bad. I mean, I don't know how many times I got sick and tired of driving that bo- that little that little box of of organic salad back to the grocery store and getting another box or a refund. I got sick and tired of it. I buy. The same amount, it's actually 20% more lettuce, okay, mixed mixed green lettuce from an organic farmer at the farmer's market, 20% more, same exact price as the organic price in the grocery store. I'm still eating it 10 days later. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the stuff looks totally different than the organic stuff at the store. Tastes like... it's like that's the part that's amazing even with the stuff we grew here we did all organic soil that we got from the amish organic uh, compost and everything for the amish and then we got organic plants and seeds and stuff from the amish i'm telling like an heirloom tomato in my garden is like this big uh and i I get the same stuff from farmer carol that we use to supplement what we don't grow you cut into that thing and you eat it it's like this, especially when you don't eat garbage like Doritos and everything else. It's like a burst of flavor. You get an organic heirloom at the grocery store, and it's like flavorless to me. I'm like, this isn't yep. the same thing. And if you go to any of the real local farmers around here, like Farmer Carol, like you get her beets, and uh, I make a lot of roasted beets, and so it's like unbelievable. Like you could tell, and people, friends of ours, go, "How do you know they're not just uh, buying that from the store and then reselling it?" I'm like, "Well, one, they're losing money because they're actually selling it cheaper than the grocery store." So that's how number one, <laughs> I know that's not what they're doing. I was like, number two, you can go to her farm all weekend and actually intern and walk around there, and she's got different groups. She has a school of the Jeff comes out, they volunteer, and her yeah. whole nine acres of the main part of the vegetable farm is all being farmed right in front of you. Then across the street, she has 60 acres where she does cattle, she has goats and everything else. I said, so unless she's a magician like David Copperfield and everything I'm seeing in real time is a metaverse illusion, uh, then I know that she's actually growing everything. It's, how do you well, know? If you go to these farmers on a weekly basis or bi week, you know, bi-monthly basis, you you first of all they got pictures of their farm they got an address of their farm you can go see their farm uh but second you you're talking to them right you have a conversation with them don't just buy the food and leave have a conversation with them and when you're conversing you pick up on little tidbits you know like why did you have this this summer versus that that last summer right when you're going to them and they will tell you why they grew this versus that little tidbits like that look at their hands look at their fingernails they're not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're not clean. Yeah. 
They're that's full a, of dirt. That's like I just bought a bunch of sun chokes off of uh, Carol, and she was showing. She goes, "Oh yeah, over here is where uh, I do all the sun chokes after the squash is done because the soil is extra generated then, and I put the sun chokes in, and then the sun chokes. I mean, a lot of them love to talk about it because they love doing it, you know. And you'll actually learn a lot of stuff. I mean, Carol used to run. She's like in her early seventies now, so she's cut back on the services she offers. But she used to run classes there on horticulture and perm culture and teach people how to turn their yards into into food gardens because she loves sharing the the information uh, she's going to be yep. coming on the show actually another week i think to start she's oh, going to cool. do a ser- series of shows on here about uh farming in harmony with nature she's going to talk about how she got into this her family goes all the way back to like the 1600s and they owned a lot of land out in virginia they were like mountain men which is kind of how See, she, she got can into find this documents thing. on her great 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 grandparents and how much carbon they emitted to go on that chart <laughs> Well, I'm actually going to tell her that I'm part of the Gold Standard Conservation Land Trust, and I will be seizing 30% of her land to put into my land trust that I'm going to be trading on the stock market because it makes the world a better place. Yeah. (laughs) And if she just gives up 30% of her land, I can probably, I could create at least three jobs with that piece of land (laughs) (laughs) over the course of four decades three jobs (laughs) they didn't say actually in that document there how long it was going to take them to possibly create up to 650,000 jobs (laughs) no they didn't so uh, Uh, by doing that math by doing that math on the fly that gives people an idea of how my brain works when i'm reading this crap it look six hundred fifty thousand sounds like a lot. Thirty million sounds like like a lot. But put, do the math and put it into context. It's not hard. I'm not doing ca- calculus. That was a simple math. Yeah. You know, it's division. 